Options activity has altered the investment landscape. Get an edge on this massive flow of funds with Tier 1 Alpha's Market Situation Report brought to you by Hedgeye. A daily newsletter of the latest moves in the options market and a weekly webcast featuring myself, Mike Green of Simplify Asset Management, and Tier 1 Alpha's Craig Peterson and David Pegler. Go to hedgeye.com research for more information. Welcome to the Weekly Notebook Review. I am Robert McGrorty. This podcast takes on a bit of a different format where we are live each week on Twitter Spaces. I crack open my notebook and review Hedgeye research with anyone who wants to learn a better way to invest. We feature both Hedgeye power users as well as some special guests that might pop in. If you want to learn more about our research, visit Hedgeye.com. If you'd like to participate in the live stream, follow me on Twitter at HedgeyeRJM. Now, let's review the data. Good afternoon, all. We will get going here in just a minute, so we'll let some folks uh, come into the spaces and we'll rock and roll. As always, if you care to jump up to speak or share, asking comments, uh, feel free to raise your hand or uh, jump up to the platform. But again, just give uh, give some folks a minute or two to join and we'll rock and roll. All right, so welcome everybody. Thanks for joining on another session of the Weekly Notebook Review. If you're new to the spaces, uh, this is an opportunity where we uh, review uh, basically our weekend work midweek. Today, normally these are on Wednesdays. Today, it's on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, but this is where we kind of run through uh, the notebook, things that are jumping out at, at us in terms of uh, new signals on the page, things that we're paying attention to, uh, and trying to really adjust that positioning as we head into, uh, well, in this case, Friday. Uh, and then next week, next month, next quarter, we are uh, about halfway done, halfway through uh, the last month of the quarter. Uh, for those that do year-to-date work, um, that year-to-date is only done. Uh, and that year-to-date will reset in a few weeks. Uh, but for those like, you know, most at Hedgeye uh, that are working at or looking at more of the cycle to date, um, we are nowhere near uh, the end of the cycle in in our humble opinion. And that is certainly what the NowCast model, uh, if you're not familiar with that, that is our uh, well, our GIP and NowCast estimates. Uh, those kind of go hand in hand. Uh, and uh, the growth inflation and policy model is certainly looking for uh, decelerating growth as we head into Q2 of 24, um, and then some uh, slight acceleration back up to just north of 100 basis points of positive growth in Q3 of 24. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting kind of start to the year in the back half, or sorry, the first half of 2024. Uh, but I think from a cycle to date standpoint, again, uh, from a cycle standpoint, the piece in the S&P uh, was January 3rd of 2022. Uh, so almost, uh, well, I guess almost uh, two years ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, almost two years ago now. And uh, for those on, on in the NASDAQ, it was uh, November, I believe the date was November 8th of uh, 2021. Uh, so those are, those are really the kind of the, the full cycle that we're looking at from a U.S. market standpoint. And really what you should be kind of paying attention to uh, in regards to where we come from, not only from you know the last 12 months in terms of year to date, but also you know where are we, have we come from, from you know, peak to trough. Uh, and right now we're certainly anticipating or, or positioning the portfolio and we've been talking a lot about the quad four monthly quad fours that are on the horizon in january and february uh but what i will say as i've done some more work and deeper work with um the very wonderful uh, uh 
David Salem is, you know, if you kind of dive into the numbers more and, and, and a little bit less on sort of just the quad number itself in terms of a four, which is a decelerating of both inflation and growth, uh, what you'll notice is um, that, that that growth number in, in Q1 uh, right now, the estimate is is 158 base points. So let's just round it off to, to one, one and a half. Uh, in Q4, we're looking at about a two and a half number. And now that's down uh, from a, up from a three, 300 basis points or 3% in Q3 of 23. So you're, you're kind of looking at basically a 50 basis point deceleration here in uh, Q4 and about a, uh, another 50 basis point deceleration, sorry, and then um, about a 100 basis point deceleration in Q1. And really, that trough kind of is finding that that low in Q2 of 65 basis points. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting as we start the year. Um, now, you know, flows will be flows, and, and the gamma flip line, all that kind of stuff. We you know, negative, positive gamma. We, we need to be paying attention to all of that. But if we look at you know, dive a little bit beyond kind of the singleness on the page right now, um, and we are still bullish, you know, bullish trend on the Nasdaq. Um, we are bullish trend on the XLK, so tech is still working on the page, and it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what the earnings uh, picture and certainly the guidance for 2024 will look like when you know they are, although a decelerating you know growth number in Q4 here of, of 250 basis points from uh, 300 uh, in Q3 on a Q over Q base, uh, Q over Q uh, basis. If you go back to a year ago. You're looking at a, a plus 65 in Q4 2022. So, is it possible that some of those numbers will look a little bit rosier on certainly a year over year basis? Very possible, right? So, I think I think uh, just managing this first half of the year is going to be uh, very very important, and I think staying very nimble will be crucial. Uh, following the signals will be even more important, and having some humility in regards to. Uh, the unknown and not knowing and just uh, sort of doing your best to uh, make the best moves for the right, you know, for the quote, quote, right reasons. Um, that's really a big, big point. And I think something that we all need to be uh, focused on here as we uh, round out the end of the year and uh, try to <clears throat> really start 2024 off on, on a great footing. In terms of things that are popping off the page, uh, there are a few. Uh, certainly, uh, volatility and what it has been doing as of late, and what it is possible it does as we move out over the, you know the end of the year. Uh, if you look at the VIX, and my good friend, I see him listening in here on the call, uh, Mister uh, Thousandaire FX. He uh, sent me a little picture, and it was really a look back in regards to um, the higher pricing from October, and you know how many more days is that going to take for that pricing to sort of start to fall out of the look back window. I think that's a really, really important call out. And so hat tip and thanks for, to Chris for sending that over to me today. It was funny. I always love when, you know, Jedi's like him and, and other folks um, within the uh, within the community uh, kind of send me notes. I had a good friend of mine as well from California. He was sending me some some commentary last night in regards to, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And uh, luckily, my answer was yes. Um, but the, the fun part is, you know, when you're literally, I was looking at the exact same thing as Chris was sending it over to me. Uh, so if you think about kind of like the look back window on pricing, you know, we had a good chunk of sort of basically uh, most of October, certainly going into what was the peak there? It was, uh, well, the peak was, uh, excuse me, let me just pull it up. 
I think it was October 20th, but we still had some pretty elevated pricing going into the 27th of October and kind of, uh, you know, October 30th as well was up north of 20. So a lot of that pricing, say you call it north of 17, which really was for most of the month of October, north of 16 at least, um, 16, 21, you know, that's going to start to follow the look back window, but it's going to take about, I think I calculated about 15 days. So that's about three weeks. So there's still possible that you're going to have kind of like on a trade duration uh, volatility that uh, is going to, you know, it's going to take some time for those those prices to fall out of look back window and to kind of try to reset at these levels here that that we have right now, which is really under 14. Uh, we haven't we had a spike kind of around that uh, a few days ago, uh, but we've really been sort of trading in this sort of 12 and a half to 13 and a half band uh, for about you know call it 10 days or so. Uh, which is a very, you know, obviously a very low level of volatility. Uh, certainly over the course of the last year, uh, this is sort of some of the lowest volatility that we've seen, and it's very reflective of the positive gamma that we've been uh, that we have been in for the last few weeks. Um, you know, we did close, and I called that out this morning. We closed in negative gamma territory uh, last last night, uh, yesterday. Uh, but we opened, you know, basically if we immediately open back up a positive gamma environment. So again, just these things, you know, gamma, the flip line, it's just another tool in the toolbox. You need to know where it is because things can start to get, uh, kind of escalate at those levels when they, when, you know, again, dealers have to you know, come into the market and they're selling weakness versus as well as buying strength. You just get higher, uh, higher levels of volatility typically in those environments versus a positive gamma environment. Where volatility gets uh, suppressed, and 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 you've, you've seen that really as of late the last few days, I and mean, we had a plus eighty basis point day to day on the S and P five hundred. But you know, up until then, it's really been, you know, I think the biggest move was a plus forty basis point day, and even a plus eighty basis point day isn't exactly a you know crazy vol day in terms of you know big spikes, two percent moves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, again, just something to be calling out here. I think it's. It's very important to not, you know, going beyond just the VIX and looking at the Vixen. You know, it's closed. It closed just north of seventeen today. Again, that's basically the lowest ball we've seen over the last few weeks on the Vixen. Um, certainly, all year. And if you pull back on a five-year chart, you know, it goes all the way back to uh, pre-COVID in twenty twenty-two that you had a had a seventeen handle on the VIX. Um, and same, and then conversely, you also got you know the move which uh, moved higher again today, uh, up about a little under 4%, up to uh, rounded up to uh, 130. Uh, so, you know, for those that have gotten long, maybe the longer end of the curve or some uh, fixed income exposures here in the U.S., you know, this is a, a time uh, where, you know, with elevated vol, it just naturally, you should be naturally reducing your position with ele- elevated volatility. You know, if you kind of think about it in terms of, uh, of buckets or, or maybe buckets of volatility or, or what have you, um, you know, you kind of have tiers, right? So if, if, if with, with the move at, at 110, maybe your max exposure is taking a random round number of 5%. Well, at 120, that number should probably decrease by, say, 50 basis points, maybe 100, depending on your risk profile and your risk parameters. Um, but again, you know, with moves of volatility to the upside or the downside, that does allow your position sizing to get larger or, or should invoke a kind of smaller sizing as well. Uh, so again, this is a perfect example here within fixed income would be something like a P-fix. It has a much higher uh, you know, 
call it 30 day. If you just look at the 30 day realized volatility measure uh, versus something like an SHY um, or even SHY, if you wanted to pair it off with an HYG, you know, these are, these are things that uh, actually have a kind of similar profile in terms of their ball contract at the moment. Um, but again, these are, these are things that you should be paying attention to, right? Volatility. Um, again, just to call my buddy, Chris, he tweeted out about GBZ a few days ago in terms of, um, you know, post the, or sorry, the spike higher in gold volatility, uh, while gold kind of fell the other day, it's, uh, it's these kind of components where, you know, with gold, with gold valorizing your overall total max exposure should be, or position sizing should be naturally reducing. Uh, so again, just kind of want to call these things out from a volatility standpoint. I think, uh, generally speaking, volatility has been kind of pretty benign, obviously on a, on, on a week over week basis, sorry, month over month basis. Certainly most numbers are down. The move is up about kind of the only one along with FX vol, uh, well, and GVZ. <laughs> so, you know, on a month over month basis, but on a week over week basis, if you're kind of looking at that, um, you know, the move is up over a thousand, uh, basis points. And, uh, and FX ball is up 25 basis points. So that's a pretty big move for, for FX ball, uh, in general. Uh, so again, just kind of pay, pay attention to these volatility measures, pay attention to price action on day over day, week over week, one month, three months, uh, six months, you know, one year, hour out, you know, you can go out further as well to three years, even, uh, paying attention to kind of what, how things are moving on, uh, on the weekend and, and that and tracking that kind of, uh, momentum. The other uh, thing to call out, obviously, I think, you know, it's pretty, uh, he's kind of staring all of in face, obviously, you know, the big boys, the elite eight, as, uh, I affectionately like to call them, uh, they, they rebounded today, right? So, I mean, uh, Google is up over five and, you know, five, 5.3%. Um, Meadow is up almost three, Amazon's up over one and a half, Apple's up one. So a lot of these components that, uh, you know, it was a big shift in terms of coming into the week. You know, you, you saw some of those elite eight starting to break down. Uh, you got confirmation of that really this morning where uh, four out of the eight went bearish trend. Netflix is neutral and Microsoft, Apple and Amazon uh, maintained the uh, bullish trend exposures. Uh, but certainly kind of on a week over week price momentum standpoint started to, uh, well, uh, started to, I guess Apple was positive, but um coming into the day, but everything else had negatives kind of price week over week momentum. Uh, so these are things to be obviously be paying attention to. Um, it'll be, you know, some, some of these are kind of basically right on the trend line or, or the kind of the, the flip line for their, for their trend, um, you know, bullish bearish, uh, signaling stamp from a signal standpoint. Uh, so just be paying attention to, to those. I mean, if, if some of these elite eight or these elite eight continue to roll, roll over or lack, uh, sort of pricing, uh, power kind of, price action to the upside, which is really what they need to regain those bullish trends. Um, you know, it could be, it, it could kind of start to be a signal of things to, um, rolling over and kind of, uh, you know, uh, you may end up getting the rest of the market to kind of follow suit. Uh, so again, you know, if, if not though, and to be kind of, I guess, contrarian to that, if those do start to pick up, you know, price momentum to the upside, then it is very possible that we get sort of a, a year-end, call it a year-end rally or sort of a, a confirmation of uh, more bullish price action within uh, certainly the Elite Eight. And maybe it's a Brett thing, maybe it's not. Uh, is that enough to kind of keep S&P and the Qs and the NASDAQ uh, moving higher? 
who knows, but certainly the signal is going to help guide us uh, through that uh, decision-making process. Um, I did briefly talk about yields on the um, um, uh, with, within the move index, but realistically, obviously, we've got a big kind of a, a relatively important print tomorrow from an economic data standpoint. Um, that that's likely going to have a, a, a reasonable impact on on what kind of uh, you know the market will start to price in from a Fed funds you know futures rate in regards to potential future cuts or raises. And then also, you know, what does it got to look like for the, you know, 30, 10, 10 year, two year, the yield curve, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, again, you know, this is not really a, a forum where we speculate in terms of, or in terms of the anticipation of that number. Uh, but what we do is we re- react to what the market uh, does. Uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how that transpires. Uh, right now, the 10 year um, treasury, the yield, is just above uh, basically low into risk range, which was uh, as of this morning four spot one zero. It closed around four fifteen. Uh, basically, I think yesterday it closed pretty much spot on that number. Yeah, four, four spot one zero six is where it closed yesterday. So we bounced right off the low into the risk range, kind of to be expected. Keith uses that terminology all the time. Um, so will it go up to the top end of the risk range, which is four spot five one? Um, who knows, right? But you know, we we have been, or Keith has been. Uh, certainly, uh, talking about the the tail support uh, of about basically four uh, percent to just to round it off as as a level to be paying attention to, and if if the ten year starts to break down from there, then hey, you know we might really truly have a new regime of um, of kind of within the bond market. But you know, could we also just trade in the band between say four and? Uh, the long risk range, stop the risk range, call it four to four and a half on the 10 year. Absolutely. Could it be from four to five? 100%. Um, could it be four to six? Who knows, right? So I think it's just going to be really important to kind of keep that, keep track of that, uh, watch those signals. Um, and obviously, you know, from an inflation standpoint, just to, just to reiterate that fact in, in regards to what we're kind of looking for um, from inflation within the U.S., is a pretty steady level of inflation of around three and a quarter percent. Um, so that's something that's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, if we get um, you know continued weakness in oil pricing, uh, that's the second largest component of CPI. So that could bring down uh, kind of our our estimates here from to a decelerating inflationary environment. But for right now, we are certainly you know now casting a relatively uh, flat, although higher for longer. Uh, environment and certainly not the two percent that the uh, Fed and other um, central breaks are uh, targeting. So again, just going to be very interesting to see kind of how that plays out in twenty twenty four in conjunction with uh, the uh, rate change slowing environment of uh, GDP. The other call out too, and again, I've had the pleasure of working with with David this week in regards to assessing some of the appraisals that he'll be delivering tomorrow in CIO Corner. Uh, but the big, I think one one other big kind of component and something that we, we've seen Keith certainly adding to his uh, long only count in the Munker family office is that EM exposure. Um, EM does look uh, pretty, um, pretty enticing at the moment. And we're certainly seeing components like, um, like EM, EWM, right? EWM, uh, you can EWZ, uh, EWC is, is, is bullish, you know, trade trend entail, uh, something like an EMB, right? Just to kind of keep on that fixed income space. 
also also bullish uh, trade trend and tail. Uh, so very much kind of uh, some interesting exposures there. India is one that Keith has been, you know, pounding, you know, sort of reiterating the long exposure certainly on Twitter and, and elsewhere. Um, and that is again bullish trade trend and tail. And although quad fours and threes are kind of on the page inside of India, you're looking at um, very like very robust numbers of GDP growth, even though they are decelerating, They're decelerating from basically seven and a half to call it you know five five and a half as you go out in time and space. Um, so still very robust growth uh, in India, and something that we are um, kind of anticipating to be able to. Uh, have in the portfolio for uh, quite some time uh, in that outlook out to say Q3 or September 30th of 2024. Uh, so just kind of wanted to call out EM and the potential pivot here in regards to um, a a flow of capital moving towards EM that we haven't seen for the for many, many years. David uh, reminded me uh, earlier this week that it basically goes all the way back to 2006, 2007, uh, last time you really had, you know, EM in favor, quote unquote, within cap- for capital allocators on a global scale. So will that have legs? Who knows? I think it's just going to be very interesting and the signal will absolutely continue to help guide us in that process. Um, lastly, and then I'll get off my soliloquy, um, the uh, the quad four exposures that are picking up signal strength is certainly something that needs to be called out. And I know we haven't had this notebook review for a few weeks. So I do apologize for that. Uh, just between travel and Thanksgiving, it's just been a little hectic uh, within the majority household and in particular for me, myself. Um, but the things like healthcare, whether it be XLV or pink or uh, even consumer staples, that consumer staples is now neutral trend on the page. Uh, Keith talked about it on the call this morning with Daniel. Uh, but these sort of quad four, you know, generally more quote, quote, Typical quad four exposures are picking up signal strength and are maintaining that signal strength. And I'll just reiterate XLB, uh, even GDX, uh, you know, um, XLP is another one, right? So, you know, these, oh, sorry, and XLU, how could I forget the Utes themselves? Uh, so I think just that kind of component in and of itself uh, with bonds starting to work, or will they kind of continue to work? Who knows? Um, but those kind of like tra- more traditional quad four exposures, uh, the fact that they are working is uh, an interesting signal uh, and something to be uh, paying attention to. And uh, we'll see what kind of transpires as we head into what we think is certainly going to uh, turn into um, you know, decelerating growth environments in uh, Q1 and Q2 of 2024. So with that, I'll take a pause, have a little water. If anybody wants to jump up, share their insights, their thoughts, questions, uh, this is an open forum. This is for Hedge Nation. It's way more fun when we get to talk, when I get to talk with Hedge Nation. Um, and I know I said I was just going to take a pause, but I wanted to also give a huge shout out to the you know 50 or so uh, folks that joined us live and in person last Wednesday night in Toronto. It was fantastic to meet all of you, to put names and faces, to to uh, see you know, quote, you know old friends, uh, so I see him, John, um, you know, it was, it was great to see you guys and, uh, great to just kind of be together in a room, uh, full of wonderful people, like-minded people. And we, you know, had some great conversations, uh, great questions. So hopefully we'll have another one of those sessions type of things tonight. All right. Not everybody jump up at once.
hard to answer questions when I don't receive any questions. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, oh, here we go. So look at my boy. Mr. Mr. Thousand Air Effects, welcome to the program. Hey, buddy. I know you. I know you're a long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Can you hear me? I had, yeah, I had, to, I had to re-download everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Uh, I, we can hear you loud and clear. Thank you. How you doing, man? Yeah. How's uh, I know the weather's been a little shit over the UK. The weather has been terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I don't know if you saw, but Keith did add the pound today. The old British pound sterling. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's perked up a bit on some uh, dollar weakness and everything was going on with the yen today. But yeah. It was funny, like, on the using the futures. So if you use, like, so 6J, which is the, the yen futures contract. Um, yep. Like people were starting to call out that today's move in the yen was like a six sigma move or whatever. But if you follow the, if you're on trading view, if you follow the, the price of six J is basically exactly where it was last November. <laughs> but also then as well, you'll see if you just go straight across, straight to the left, <laughs> there was a couple of days in November that were also as big as today as well. Um, right. But they were just like two or three days back to back with massive moves. So, yeah. Um, and there's some conspiracy theorist out there said big moves in FX would normally mean some kind of intervention. But who knows? Huh. <laughs> it, it, only a central bank can move a market as big as the FX market. It's just, that's true. <laughs> it's true. I know you. I know you're a BOJ watcher now. I I am. You know, yeah. um, I write. I have a whole uh, Substack on it, everything <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's how I spend all my free time. All right, no, not at all. But you know, but yeah, that was a joke for everybody listening. And I don't know how this sounds, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The end. I mean, it's it's certainly. I mean, that's sort of uh, the FX was definitely an area that. I, forgot to cover but it's been it's been over the last three weeks i mean you've seen the dollar move to neutral euro go uh, maintain you know it's bearish uh trend uh but the usd jpy aka the yen as you mentioned uh has began or has gained has moved to you know bullish trend and, and the pounds bullish trend and the canadian dollar this week moved to neutral uh so a lot of you know you could say it's maybe us dollar uh weakness because that is you know we're all recording all of those in usd um but uh, you're also, as I kind of alluded to a few minutes ago, that FX ball, you know, it has moved up 25 base points in the last week. So big move there, big, big move in FX ball, and, and you're kind of seeing uh, some interesting price action and trend changes within the uh, under within the various other uh, like crosses. Yeah. Are any of the? I know you track some not wonky ones, but certainly. Uh, I call I'd, I'd call them uh, I guess high beta or high vol unique crosses. Any any of those um, sticking out in your mind? I think the Aussie dollar's been looking pretty pretty good. Yeah, the, the Aussie dollar's pretty strong, but some of the yeah some of the wonky ones like 
Um, the Aussie against the South African Rams has had a big move. Um, the South African Rams as a whole has just had a bit of a rip. So, uh, yeah, not really the one. I'm quite looking at, for some reason, I'm quite looking at Sweden, but that's getting them. Um, No, it's just, it's so interesting. Like, it's almost like as soon as the equity market starts perking up, it's like all these things don't really exist anymore. And then, but then when, but then when the S&P 500 is down, everyone's obviously paying attention. Like, oh, it's because of rates and oh, it's because of the dollar and oh, it's because of this and all kinds of narratives are coming out everywhere. But obviously now that the stock market's up, nobody cares about that anymore. Because <laughs> they don't, because yeah. they don't have to find an excuse for something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it, interesting too. I mean, you know, just kind of going off. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and I think from a signal strike standpoint too. And, and, and Keith delivers this to institution clients on Sunday, so I know you haven't seen it. But uh, I talked about it on the healthcare show with Tom uh, Tobin today, and you know, there's like five healthcare uh stocks in the in, inside of the S P that um are short up on you know inside the top twenty nine thermal strike, right? And, and so it's it is interesting because you are right, right? I mean in terms of okay, when things are up and the equity market's up, then you know, who knows? But then at the same time there are components inside of say the S P or NASDAQ, what have you, that, you know, uh, there is a rotation ish trade there that happens. Um and there are things that still work even on in down tapes. And, and again, I'm, I'm making that comment because it's not just equities. It also expands to, you know, there's potential, you know, rates, uh, fixed income exposure to have on the book. There's other uh, exposure to have on within the FX market, right? So it, it's, it is very handy to be able to go anywhere. Yeah, I think that's, and I think moving forward, this is a, on um, Obviously, we'll see over time whether that's the case. I think being able to actually genuinely go anywhere will be a... I mean, like... I know lots of people on this call, like... It's... Even when most people say go anywhere, they really just mean kind of like a spicy US ETF. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, ooh, that's a bit spicy. Um but I think moving forward, potentially actually genuinely going anywhere, like actually having an FX account and actually being able to trade currencies rather than just US ETFs, maybe might be something. Um, actually going and looking at equities in other places could be a, some, like actually something that we have to do and be much more, possibly even more short-term to... Um, yeah, not even that. Obviously, the goal is to try and maximize returns, but either just to protect yourself, you need to, especially if you're, you have to be allocated because you're running other people's money. You, you may have to start to look for other places where you can make sure that your cash is always at work. Yeah, and and uh, you know uh, the UK. So again, I'll go back to our David Salem and, and my work this week, but the the US, the UK has popped up on, on our radar in terms of like the appraisal process. And, and it actually, it puts out, let me just make sure I'm not misquoting this, but um, from a yield standpoint, 
uh, it puts out, I think, like a three, uh, where's it? Yeah, three, basically three and a half percent yield. And that's an annualized yield, right? But yeah. it's one of the more robust ones out there in terms of, um, you know, global and non US stocks. Australia's a little better at 3.9. Um, in Brazil, oddly enough, uh, has an 8% yield. So, uh, on an annualized basis, but but you're absolutely correct, right? And, and again, that's just the ETF, uh, EWC and, and EWA. Let alone if you go and, and you go in and you hunt hunt inside of there for, say, some uh, UK utility companies or you know whatever it might be, right? In in regards to you know trying to pick some of the cream of the crops, the ones with the best signal strength, you can really put together a, a pretty sexy um, you know portfolio uh, that can. Kind of you know mimic those ETFs, but with uh, ideally with better signal strength companies on uh, inside of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. I had another thought that I was going to share. Oh, in terms of the FX accounts, if this is not an endorsement, and I'm not sponsored, not a paid partnership <laughs> with IG, but um. Uh, Chris introduced me to IG. Many other, I know many folks within Hedron Nation use IG.com. So that's, uh, what is that? Let Indigo. Indigo. That's not right. Is that right? Yeah. Is that oh, Indian? Indian. India. You want again? You should know that. Gamma. You should know. I should know this. Is it George? No. Golf. Golf. Oh, I should know that one. <laughs> uh, Indian yeah. Golf. IndiaGolf.com. Uh, I had a, paper trading account for a very long time i would highly recommend you uh start there because it is a completely different ballpark in regards to trading pips uh and it's really fun to say that pips i trade pips uh would you like 25 pips of the u.s euro Euro, usd yes please um anyway uh but yeah that's actually pretty pretty big pretty big trade (laughs) i'm not that big i'm not that big time uh but yeah that's a great place to start from an fx Go go do that. It's it is fun. It's fun to kind of get uh yeah, what your whistle. Uh we certainly talked to though I see I think I see George Syracuse out there. He is and and Blair Applegate, they've talked on on week notebook review about going directly to Treasury Direct, right? Um dot com. You can buy uh T bills, uh Treasury notes uh, directly from uh from uh from Treasury Direct. So a lot of different ways of having your own uh direct access to not only treasury notes and t-bills but also uh, to fx and currencies etc etc x2 what a pleasure to have you on i guess my microphone was off what's going on i'm good man how are you not too bad not too bad I, i was jumping up to tell you that it's golf i love it sorry about that guys i really should know that how do you not know and it I know, I know. I got to print it off. John Weeks is like literally probably dying and laughing so hard. He even sent me. He even sent me uh, a, a cheat sheet. I just need to print it off. I got to go find it. Print it off again. Um, but yeah, golf. Speaking of FX, I know you love to trade the euro dollar. Um, do you? Did you? Where did you start? Out of curiosity, do you start on IG? I mean, I know you're you're a big timer, so you probably uh, yeah started. I am not a big timer. Uh, <laughs> Where did I, I, I? There were definitely some some multiple iterations. Um, I think I started with Think or Swim. Yeah. Um. Jeez, what else did I use? Um. 
Oh, what's the other one? Uh, I have to look it up. <laughs> I don't remember now. But yeah, there's I mean, there are a bunch of them. IG is good. It's very user friendly. Um, so yeah, I'd, yeah, rec- I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you. Luckily, you never had to send like a telegram, right? Uh, next year, <laughs> a telegram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when I was trading in like, <laughs> yeah, like you use carrier pigeon to get an Doing uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else on your mind, man? Anything else? Uh, what, what's going on in the family office? Um, not too much. Not too much. Trying to figure out. I, I actually had a, a call with an RIA today, and uh, he was kind of complaining about the <laughs> the situation. You know. Trying to go up against against the uh, you know the measuring your performance against uh, you know what happened this year it's uh, a little scary out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you had the unless you had the right stocks, so the seven stocks, you know, you underperformed. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These numbers are from this morning because I haven't had a chance to do my my evening work yet. But yeah, I mean, the S and P's up, you know, almost nineteen percent year to date, and. Uh, Nasdaq's up thirty six percent year to date. So obviously, the, you know those both went higher today. So um, those numbers are going to only look better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it, those are the year to date. But again, from cycle highs, right? You're still down. Do the math here quickly, if you guys. Where are we? I'll go find it. You guys talk to yourselves for a second. <laughs> Chris, how you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I think it's quite a lot there, isn't it? Over the pond? Yeah. Well, I think we've already done the weather. That's a very British thing to talk about. So we're... Uh, yeah, we can't do that. All right. What about that crypto, though? <laughs> Talking about utilities. Some high-quality utilities in crypto land. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's... Um, Make it up, trying to try to build up, like obviously, like you have in the equity market where everything's split by, um, like gigs levels. So you have the sectors, so you have energy, and then the next level down is the gigs level two, which will be like exploration or refiners or something. So the sub sectors or sub industries. And I was trying to do that for crypto rather than just having one big massive blob of like fifty or a hundred different tickers. I wanted to try and make them put them into sectors and one of the ones that I could find was yeah it was split by I don't know what it was um currencies currencies utilities platforms culture there's like some NFT type stuff in there something else and then I called whatever was left over just the leftover bucket um but yeah it was funny yeah obviously making a terrible joke saying that everyone that said a recession was coming when they told you to buy safety, I don't think they meant buying crypto utility token. <laughs> yeah. Yes, some of them are up like 300%. <laughs> How's my neighbor Sally doing? My neighbor Sally, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, SP's down about 5% and NASDAQ down about 10 from from the peaks there in 21 and 22 let's get back to that um cool all right well anybody you know 
by all means, jump up, ask me questions. Um, covered a lot already, already today. Um, let's see here. Uh, from a setup standpoint, I mean, there's a, there's a signal in, in, or certainly something to be, you know, we've got 13 shorts on in RTAs versus one long in DraftKings. Uh, so that's certainly something to be paying attention to. And, and then also from a long only standpoint, the portfolio solutions product or, you know, Keys Daily long only, um, you know, we've got 29 exposures there. So uh, I think it's, it's certainly, you know, we've got lots of the longs to be, uh, we had a kind of platinum this week, uh, GDX, uh, physical silver actually was one that we added this week, which was, which was interesting. Um, took down, uh, yeah, new P or the dollars kind of all the way now the bottom e- ethereum and bitcoin are in there as well which have been uh have been great great additions and uh continue to perform quite well uh this week so uh, yeah bitcoin's been a good one hey uh robert one more yeah. call out the yeah. um the yen hit a lower low today it's good uh, through the lower end of the risk range it did yeah and then JP ten year had uh, what seventy five basis points, uh, about almost a fifteen and a half percent move. It was uh, yeah, Jap- Japanese equities, um, you know, down one and a quarter percent. It's uh, yeah, that that it's an interesting component there. Well, yeah, just since I have it, I'll, I'll share it, I guess, with folks. But that tail level on EWJ is down at. Uh, to round it off around just just under 60 bucks so for those and trends right around 61 so that's kind of a crucial level for ewj they right around 61 60 61 and then 60 yeah fxy yeah it's um or the yen yeah this could be a an interesting new Long, like this could have this could have legs. Uh, again, I mean, it was just such a bearish long cycle, you know, full cycle, you know, bearish trade or bear, you know, bearish trend for a long time. Now it's kind of reversing. This could be the beginning of something new. We, you know, we'll see uh, time and space. But I think if you allocate the you know position, you know, size it appropriately. Um, try to capture that full cycle. It, it, it's very possible you're seeing something, something new develop there in Japan. And and you got to remember too, right? X two, it's like and Japanese yen is is a flight to safety trade. Which um, if things do really get squirrely, uh, you can see capital flowing uh, into the yen even more. Yeah, well, they, I think that this is more of a interest rate regime change potential. Yeah, it's the. Dr- that's the dri- that's the driving force. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway, I just wanted to call that out. Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, good job. Thank- oh, thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, any other questions, comments out there? UK Cosby uh, covered India. Dax is bullish trend, but Germany's GDP looks. Awful. All right, George coming up. Cool. Hey, George. Hey, brother. How are you doing? Good, man. 
did anybody i came in a little late did you guys talk about the yield curve at all a little bit we didn't totally dive into the yield curve curve but we talked about the move and 10-year uh tail support that kind of thing but yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say i'm getting interested in uh you know steepening because uh yeah. we started where we like uh earlier this year you know we had peak inversion steepened a little bit reinverted and uh we had a, that big steepening into mid-october and we've given a lot back and uh i think the path forward is steeper not further inversion as the likelihood of uh recession the onset of recession approaches so that's something that uh you know is on my uh, notebook today call outs yeah yeah absolutely but when do you need the two-year to fall well it just uh, depends on which one goes down or up quicker right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true. so if the two-year only uh you know but if it goes up a little bit but the long end goes up more in the short term you get steeper and uh but yeah of course obviously you're gonna need actual cuts uh most likely to get you uh completely uninverted yeah yeah okay yeah that's kind of what i was thinking about yeah okay yeah no yeah yeah it's uh makes sense i mean i think the you know good way of expressing that for those that is is eyeball right that's uh, i don't know if you have that on the book yet but ibol um yeah i just try not to uh mention products specifically <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't i know you can uh yeah so see that's you know i've all again i mean the way that i think about that it's not in nancy davis i've had conversations with her she does it much more eloquently in terms of how she left her options and all that kind of stuff but uh i mean that that, that eyeball is a great is to me performs the best when you've got a steepening environment um so kind of keep that one we're not long eyeball uh so just keep that one in your back pocket put that on the radar on the watch list to your point uh, george probably prudent move to to do um you know my my it's just where you put it on i mean yeah I mean, you know I think, I think following keith's kind of process you're gonna wait for the trend change you know yeah exactly i mean i think i think in this in, like if if the 10 year and the longer in the curve continues to price in recession risk rising then likely those rates continue to move lower and we break down through that you know four percent tail level on on the 10 year uh and then you then the question becomes okay does the fed cut uh and i with our now cast our estimate of basically three and a quarter percent on the inflationary side it becomes it'll be it it yeah it'll be hard for them to kind of to me to justify a cut yeah. um right so it, 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 yeah it's going to be interesting i think you know, yeah i'm sure notebooks look similar with regards to rates being at extremes on the ranges yes exactly so the other thing i was looking at is the uh, our favorite interest rate hedge um again being a bad boy here with uh, bearish trends and all but uh you know things that don't happen in a straight line we've priced in a lot really quickly yeah yeah exactly we have yeah no 100 percent, right we, we i think i mentioned it earlier i don't know if you but like yeah 4.10 is where 
it closed yesterday. That was, a, you know, or just above that, and we lower into the risk range, and we we popped from there a hair. But it's it was a con- it was a question that we got a lot last week. George in Toronto was, you know, what what how do you think? You know, basically the question was around like how do you think TLT is it time to get long TLT? You know, what's what's the deal with 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 treasuries and interest rates and stuff like that? And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's still early days, right? Like you, you, the signal hasn't quite confirmed the, you know, as I said, that tail. You know, you really, you know, for this new regime to kind of like or this pivot to occur in terms of, uh, you know, to really give you green lights, you really need that tail level to break. Um, so right now, it's support. You basically need that to turn into resistance, and it hasn't. Yeah, you need a so, higher low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. Uh, you need a higher low, you know. Um, I've got exposure to that stuff, but you know, I, I took uh, my interest rate hedge off. It was like the first week of November when things started mm-hmm. to turn. So it's been mm-hmm. fun riding the the duration train after it clobbered so many of us for like two years, right? And yeah, uh, but I don't forget, and that's why I'm right back to that that hedge. Put that on today. Yeah, because everything's just so extreme, and you got uh, Mr. J. Powell talking to us next week, and uh, you know he could very easily just calm everyone down and say what we think he's going to say, which is, you know, we have to get more a couple data points of two percent in order to even consider the first cut. So people have gone really far really quickly. So I don't know. Yeah, my, and that- no, we, totally. You gotta like give back, you know. It doesn't mean we have to reverse the current trends completely, but there's a lot of yeah. stuff that's shifting right now. No, totally. And I think from a risk management or portfolio construction standpoint, you can have some inflationary exposures on the other side of that, right? So you, you know, just to, as a bit of a hedge or kind of a, you know, um, uh, what have you, things that that you know continue to look good, like like uranium uh, looks great. You know, gold obviously uh, functions well that similar environment uh gxg so columbia uh, from that i know that's like more equities but it certainly uh has kind of an inflation or you know has a commodities exposure there uh even something like a wood right like a wod uh, mm-hmm. that that signals picking up uh has some very good signal strength to it as well um so yes i mean i think you know you can you know bitcoin as well right like you, you put on you got gld bitto exposure um opposite your say you know to your point your your uh, duration um, exposure it, it can kind of be a bit of a, a hedge inside of the portfolio yeah you know me i like to do this seesaw totally one goes it's time to uh, right now i'm pushing on the other end of the seesaw i love it the other the other end's up in the air it's freaking me out <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. anything else uh in the book um energy is uh a little interesting not yet but maybe soon but that would be on a super short lease because growth and demand slow down enough that thing's gonna tank but if it doesn't go down enough career it's ugly head again so yeah i agree with you there i, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how the market um you know reacts to slowing growth but 
you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the call, kind of a GDP number in in Q uh, in Q two, sorry Q one being you know hundred around one hundred sixty basis points, right, and coming down from about two hundred forty five basis points in or two forty six in Q four. So yeah, it's a big rate of change decline of about a hundred basis points or ninety basis points to be specific. Um, and you know how does that impact things? Right, does that continue to put uh, sort of a blanket on say oil demand or energy demand, uh, or is that, or is sort of a one and a half percent, you know, growth number still uh, good enough, right, George? Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I think I think time will tell. Yeah, take it as it comes. Yep. What the data is for. That's right. You just have to do much and telling ourselves narrative. On the, um, I've turned into a bit of a stock junkie and I've kind of measured like fifteen hundred stocks now. Yeah, which is mental. Um, but just on the kind of energy, like the flip side of energy, um, is that like some of the utilities are starting to perk up. Because um, obviously the flip side of energy prices going down is if you can, if you've locked in charging your customers when the price of natural gas was at five bucks and the price of natural gas is now two and a half bucks, but you've locked in their... Uh, their payment plan or whatever, then your margins are going to go up. So it's been interesting watching some of the utilities start to look a little bit interesting. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's even like divergence on the underlying inside of energy in terms of you know refineries versus uh, you know things like an XOM, like XOM and Chevron look like shit and. Uh, Something like an MPC looks a lot better. Yeah, they've started to give up. They held up. They, they had held up for the last few weeks. That there was a divergence to the rest of like the energy sector, but they have for the last like two or three days. They've started to give. They've started to give back, but um, but yeah, like anything, like it's. I mean, if you take something like XLK, like XLK has seventy three or something. Or at least there's 73 tech names in the S&P 500 and they're not all going to act the same now at any given time it does that doesn't mean that moving forward tech is going to be great that's not what I'm saying but when there's enough things within like if you're looking at 73 different names and then you have one ETF which is XLK there's going to be loads of divergence with inside it um, which I never thought I was going to be talking about but now I'm like <laughs> now I know tickers and everything of all these different bloody yeah all these US equity names that <laughs> are all red. no how how the tables have turned eh Chris yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah no it's good it's interesting yeah for sure I appreciate you sharing those insights alright cool we're coming up on the hour mark um, I think you know we covered a lot of really high quality content here so We'll, uh, when we call it a day, call it an evening. Thank you everybody for joining in. We've got, uh, we've got our, our kind of company meeting and holiday party on the Wednesday and Thursday next week. So I will do my best to do this on, uh, maybe even, maybe we'll do a quick one on Monday or Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday next week. Uh, maybe in, even midday Tuesday, actually. Uh, I got to look at my, my calendar, but I'll let everybody know. Can, Give people ample ample warning in terms of when when the next WNR will be. 
I appreciate everybody tuning in. I appreciate you guys, George, Chris, uh, X2. Thanks for uh, jumping up and sharing your thoughts and insights. Always a pleasure. And again, for anybody that was in Toronto last week, thank you for uh, spending your time with us and uh, coming out in person. We'll uh, we'll do more of those in uh, in twenty twenty four. So looking forward to getting to both international places, like uh, ideally, fingers crossed, London, and uh, and then other places on the within within uh, the U.S. as well. So with that, we'll wrap things up. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Don't forget to check out HedgeEye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at HedgeEye. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by HedgeEye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedge is not responsible for errors and accuracies or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the contents. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws as intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the terms of service at hedgeye.com slash terms of service.